So this is week three of our three-part series on New Year's resolutions with Jesus. We did a week on solitude and a week on scripture reading, and tonight is about prayer. Now, prayer is a very big topic. There are series that could be preached on prayer, so there are a lot of really wonderful things about prayer that I will not get to tonight. So if you're curious after the sermon, what about this? I want to know more about that. You can email me or one of the chaplains. We have lots of resources on prayer. We'll be happy to to set you up. So tonight, what we're going to do is look at what Jesus taught about prayer. And we're going to look at one of the Gospels, Luke 11. There are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that tell the story of Jesus. This is found on page 845 on the black Bibles that are in your pews. Page 845, Luke 11. We will read all the way through verses 1 through 13, and then we're going to go over it again. And so I invite you to leave your Bibles out. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. And Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend And you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. So the context is this. Jesus is praying in his certain place. So he had a usual place that he went, and when he comes back, his disciples say, teach us to pray. Now, they're not saying that because they don't know how to pray. These are good Jewish boys. They know how to pray. They know all the Psalms by heart. They've been praying the prayers of the Jewish people since they could speak. But what they want is what John did for his disciples. You see, in that time and in that culture, a rabbi would teach a prayer to his disciples as kind of a condensed mission statement. And so they're asking Jesus for their mission statement. They're like, John taught his disciples, that's that's like what they're about. What are we about? 
teach us to pray. What's, what's the thing that's for us? What are we living into? What are we moving toward? And so it's in response to that question that Jesus says these things. So he says, when you pray, say, Father. And we're just going to stop right there for a minute. Because to say Father in the Jewish context was really loaded. To say Father connected them all the way back to the Exodus. God comes to Moses when Moses is out in the wilderness and he says to him, Moses, I want you to go to Egypt and talk to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And one of the things that he says to Moses is this, Israel is my firstborn son. Therefore, you go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go so that they can worship me. So that's the first instance in which God names himself as father and Israel as firstborn son. Now this is significant because in this exchange, what God is revealing about himself is that he is a God of freedom. He is a God of liberation and he is asking Moses to lead a revolution. And now in that culture, it was important for the father to apprentice the son to do as the father did. In religion, in home, in work, if the dad was a fisherman, the sons would become fishermen. If the dad was a carpenter, they would become carpenters. So the people of Israel carried this over when they thought about their father, God, and how he was apprenticing them in the work of freedom in the work of revolution, in the work of resistance. So for Jesus to say, all right, this is what we're about. When you pray, say, Father. The disciples would have perked up because they would have known that Jesus, just by addressing God as Father, was ushering in, speaking for, looking toward a new exodus a new freedom, a new liberation, a new kingdom. So father is something we often just kind of trip, okay, God, our father, move on. But it was loaded, it was deep, it had meaning, it was revolutionary. So he says, when you pray, say, father, and then you have the next big things about the kingdom. Holy is your name, not mine. Your kingdom come, not mine. So immediately after you pray, naming God as Father, you say, I am going to align myself with God's will. God's priorities are going to become my priorities. So my name I don't need to be holy or great. My kingdom, I don't need to have come. I need God's name great. I need God's kingdom to come. I need God's priorities to become my priorities. We need God's priorities to become our priorities. We need to live in this mission of freedom fighting. That's the first part of the prayer. And then the second part of the prayer, you notice, talks about what we need. 
Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive. Do not bring us to the time of trial. So here, give us this day our daily bread harkens back again to the exodus, to their time in the wilderness when God gave daily bread every day in the form of manna, reminding them that God is a provider. And then the ask for forgiveness is a reminder of what currently enslaves the people of God. We are enslaved by our sin. Forgive us. And now notice in the Lord's Prayer that these pronouns are plural. It's not give me my, this day my daily bread. It's give us this day our daily bread. So when we pray that together, we are all together leaning into the kingdom, leaning into God's priorities. We're all in it together. So when we pray for the kingdom, when we pray into the resistance movement, We are not only praying that God's priorities become our priorities, we're also praying that God's friends become our friends. So on this Sunday, all around the world, people were praying this prayer. In fact, there are Calvin students all over the world who probably heard this prayer spoken in a different language somewhere else in the world this morning. And every person who prays this prayer, every congregation who prays this prayer is saying we are praying for God's kingdom to come. We are praying that God's priorities become our priorities. And if there is someone in the world who is praying that prayer, then they are God's friends and they are our friends. We're all on the same team. We're all in the same resistance. We all have the matching resistance rings. We're all in it together. It's a key thing to remember when it comes to prayer that the model that God gives us, the model that God gives us in Jesus' words is corporate. It's shared. You're not alone. You're in this together. So Jesus gives them this prayer, this freedom fighter, liberation, forgiveness of sins, avoid evil prayer. And then he immediately goes into a parable about persistence. Suppose one of you have a friend, you go to midnight, let me three loaves of bread, I got nothing to set before him. What's going on here? Well, in that context, it wasn't unusual for people to travel after the sun dipped down because then it was cooler. So it wouldn't have been completely out of, the, out of the running for someone to show up at midnight. And if you've been traveling for a while, you're hungry. But also, hospitality was crucial in this culture. If you had a guest, you had to give them food. And so this host goes to the neighbor, knocks on the door, because the host knows that if he doesn't have anything to provide for his guest, not only does it look bad for the host, but it looks bad for the whole village. So he knows that his neighbor, even though he's asleep, is actually more invested in his success than he lets on. So he's lying there. They got all the sleeping mats. They had these big bolted doors. They would be really heavy if they opened them. All the kids are going to wake up. That's going to be a thing. He's like, ugh. And Jesus says, but because of his persistence, his neighbor will get up and give him whatever he needs. 
And then Jesus says this, So I say to you, ask and it'll be given to you. Search and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who searches, finds. For everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now this is problematic. Because this kind of makes God sound like Santa Claus. Right? If I just ask for it, it's going to come. It's like God as Star Trek replicator. You just walk up, tea, Earl Grey, hot. It's just right there. It just happens. <laughs> Star Trek joke, ask your Trekkie fans what that meant. It's just you walk up and it happens. And now you and I both know that prayer does not work that way. It do- we wish it did. But everybody in this room has things that they prayed for and prayed for and prayed for and prayed for and they didn't happen or they haven't happened. And they're good things, they're kingdom things. And, and we don't know. So why does Jesus say this? Now remember that the persistence comes after he has set up the mission, after he has said, we are living into the kingdom, we're living for the new exodus, this is yet to come. And then he immediately says, and you've gotta be persistent, you've gotta pray and pray and pray and pray about this, and then he brackets it with what comes next. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for a fish, you're gonna give him a snake? Or if they ask for an egg, you're gonna give him a scorpion? No, you're not gonna do that. So if you guys, who are evil, are ready to give good things to your children, how much more won't God give the Holy Spirit the best gift of all to those who ask? So Jesus is framing up this persistence between the mission of God and the love of God. We can be persistent, we can continue to pray on because of the love of God. We can trust the love of God. And boy, is that hard. It is hard to trust the love of God when you pray and pray and pray for someone to live and that person dies. It is hard to trust the love of God when you pray and you pray and you pray for the marriage to be saved and it's not. It's hard to trust the love of God when we pray and we pray and pray for someone we love to come to Jesus. And it just doesn't happen. And I think that's why Jesus is so quick after the persistence to remind his disciples of the love of God. Because he knows there are things that we're going to pray for that's going to take a long time. Remember, he comes from the Jews. The Jews prayed 400 years before Moses went to get them out of Egypt. 400 years. They prayed to get out of exile. And through all of this, for centuries, they were praying for the Messiah to come. And now we, the church, have been praying for centuries for the Messiah to come back. It gets exhausting to be part of the freedom fighter movement. 
It gets exhausting to imagine the new heavens and the new earth, the new kingdom of God, to try to live into that when the kingdom of this world is so dark and heavy sometimes. And so this, this passage kind of goes full circle. That we get discouraged. We remember the love of God. We pray again, Father, revolutionary, your kingdom come. Hallowed be your name, not mine. My priorities, your priorities. I'm realigning myself with your will. And I'm going to persist because I trust in your love. And even when things don't go the way I want, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to come back. I'm going to realign myself that your priorities become my priorities. So Jesus lays out for his disciples a prayer, a prayer that's like a call to arms, a prayer that says you can do this, a prayer that also says I know it will be hard. Isn't that just like Jesus? Here's what I want you to do. I know it's going to be hard, So I want you to remember that God loves you. I want you to remember that the end will be worth it. I want you to hang in there. Say with me, Father, say hallowed, say your kingdom, Jesus says. Be in this with me. And so we want to. We want to be in this. We want to be better at praying. We want to do this better. Let me just clear this up right away. There's no correct way to pray. There's really no wrong way to pray. If you're praying in the name of the Trinity of God, like, you're you're okay. And it's really easy to look at other people and think, wow, that person's got, they must have a great prayer life. Wow. My prayer life sucks. It's so easy to look at someone and think, wow, they must really be, you have no idea, okay? You have no idea what someone else's prayer life is like. No idea. All you know is what God's doing in you. And so don't be envious of someone else's prayer life because that is not of the Lord. It's not Jesus who's sitting there nudging you and saying, you should totally be envious of that person's prayer life. If it doesn't sound like Jesus, it's not Jesus. (laughs) Jesus is the one who says, you and me, let's get together. We can talk. It'll be great. You and me, let's get together. We can talk. It'll be great. And so we build prayer into our lives, not in an effort to look better to anybody else, but we build prayer into our lives because it is our connection to the kingdom of God. It is our reminder that there's more to this life than this life. It is our reminder that when it comes to the kingdom of God, there is no shutdown It keeps on going. It's our reminder that that is where our true citizenship lies. Prayer does that for us. So let me give you some really practical things to think about in the life of prayer. One of the things that people find helpful is to set alarms on their phone to pray for certain things at certain times. So for example, you could all set an alarm on your phone for Friday morning to pray for the Fridays at Calvin students in our enrollment division. You could set an alarm one day uh, every day for someone else in your family or someone else in your friend group. Monday I pray for this person, Tuesday, Wednesday, the alarm goes off, you're prompted. There are also apps that do this, but your phone can do it fine. 
making the habit, just being prompted to spend time. Some people find that they get really distracted when they pray. I don't know if that's a problem for any of you, anyone? So if you get distracted when you pray, there are two things that people have found helpful. One of them is to pray out loud. And if you have earbuds in your ears and you're just walking around talking, everyone will think you're on the phone. So it doesn't, just go ahead and do it. <laughs> We're all used to that, that crazy person walking down the street talking to themselves and we think, oh, they're on the phone. No, maybe they're praying. <laughs> Let's just start that. Let's just start like being known as the crazy people who walk around talking. If you pray out loud, you tend not to get distracted. And it also makes it really feel like you're having a conversation with someone who knows you and loves you. Another thing that people have found helpful is to write your prayers down. Some people have a, a journal for this. Some, there are online journals you can use for this. Um, maybe you could like tweet a prayer every day for Lent or something. Lots of ways to record your prayers, to get them down. And now, for those of us who've been praying and praying and praying for something and the thing hasn't happened, hasn't come to pass, and we're kind of tired frankly, of praying for the thing. You could swap your hard thing with someone else's hard thing. So I knew uh, two parents, and each of them had a child who was not yet a believer, and it caused them significant heartache. And so they decided to swap, and they each prayed for the other's kid. And they found it was so much easier to pray for the other person's child because there wasn't the layers of like baggage and what did I do in the next phone call I need to convert them to Jesus like it was just gone they could just freely pray for this person's child so maybe you've got a thing that you've been praying and praying and praying for and you're like you know what I would really like someone else to carry this for a while ask do a swap everybody's got stuff God invites us to pray as a way of living into the kingdom, of remembering who he is and what he has done and what he will do. So when we pray, we get to remember what's true, what's really true. We get to remember who we are before the face of God. We get to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Prayer is a gift given to us, and we just, we get to use it in lots of different ways. We also pray here every day at 10. So come on down here. You've got options, you've got space, you've got people, you don't have to do this alone. And so now we're actually going to do a prayer exercise that a spiritual director once did with me, and I found it really helpful. So get into a position where you're not distracting anyone, you're not distracted by anyone. You're welcome to close your eyes. Now I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit if there is a person or an event or a situation that he invites you to pray about tonight.
Imagine that person, that situation or event. Get an image in your mind. And now imagine Jesus with that person at the event, in the situation. What do you ask of Jesus? How do you pray that the resurrected Christ will be present for this person in the situation or at the event? Spend some time praying. Mm -hmm.